What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. New shirts. I'm excited about it. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. My guest today is cross-country coach Tom Rapp. How are we doing tonight, sir? I'm great. Good to be here. Awesome. So I met you at Athletes in Action Tough Camp. This was probably 2000. I did it two years. So it was either the summer of 2007 or the summer of 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you brought in a ton of runners from Mason High School in Ohio. And uh, yeah, we had a good time. Yep. They're still going there. (laughs) Awesome. Excellent. So one of the uh, one of the first uh, kind of like moments that I had with you, like, so I'm a college student at the time and I'm like, what is this like older guy doing here? I'm like, this is going to be a weird thing. Like we're all just hanging out in the van. I think we're at like a hotel. We're just waiting to get onto, um, onto Hope College campus. And uh, we're just listening to the radio and uh, Teenage Wasteland comes on. And uh, you start like singing the lyrics and I'm like, oh, all right, this, this guy's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is going to be a good camp. This is awesome. And, uh, you know, to go from that to like, oh, wow. Oh, I don't want to give your bio for you, but, you know, running at Penn State, I'm like, oh, wow, I, I'm finding more about you. And I'm like, this guy knows some stuff. So uh, fast forward, here we are, you know, a bunch of years later and um, I've, I've been following you know, your high school program a little bit on and off throughout the years and following some of your runners, uh, Zach Wills, for example, I followed him when he was at Oklahoma state and, um, and yeah, so I'm here to kind of pick your brain a little bit. Um, I've been coaching a homeschool cross country and track team here in, in Dallas. This is our, this is my second cross country season with them. And, uh, so, uh, I'd like to, to, you know, hear about your coaching philosophy and some other things. So if you will, please give us a little bit more of your background and we'll just kind of hit the ground running from there. Okay. Well, um, I got into running like a lot of people do because I was at best average at everything else uh, <laughs> growing up. And, uh, but I'm very fortunate that um, running wise, uh, I have four, I had four great coaches um, that I would, would highlight. Uh, my first coach was I uh, was a trot with Madison High School just outside of Dayton, Ohio. And my first coach, my first couple of years of high school was Bill Schneer, who went on uh, after my sophomore year to Indiana University to pursue his Ph.D. And he became the uh, head track and cross country coach at the University of Cincinnati for a good 30 years, probably retired, I don't know, six, seven years ago, maybe. Uh, won numerous coach of the year awards with his program and um, on, on a league level and uh, not exactly the highest funded program at the University of Cincinnati by any means, but he was uh, getting blood out of a turnip really well there with what, uh, with what he had. Um, and I would say that Bill Schneer taught me to love the sport. I just He took us, he would drive us to different places. We'd go to meets to watch professional, well, back when they weren't pros, but, but uh, the big time, um, mm-hmm. just, just developed a love of the sport. Um, when he left, uh, there was another coach that was a former Trotwood runner, uh, Dan Adams, who was an all-Mac runner at uh, Miami University. And uh, probably the two things, he was just a highly motivational coach for my junior and senior year of high school, um, convinced me that I could run through brick walls if, if need be. Uh, also was really good at saying, no, that's enough. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. Let's come back tomorrow because mm-hmm. I am rather highly motivated. Uh, he also had a great spiritual influence in my life. Um, in terms of uh, showing me what it meant to be a follower of Christ. And that's been a huge part of my life and my athletic life as well. Um, won a couple of state championships in high school, and that led me to Penn State, which uh, at that time was one of the top, uh, I would say, more longer distance schools in the country. And I had the privilege of being on teams that um, – kind of interesting you know we just took it for granted we were going to nationals and i realized what a big deal that is i've gone to watch the ncaa meet probably five or six times over the last few years as it's been at Terre Haute and at louisville and mm-hmm. um gone to watch that and realized what a big deal it is to actually get to run in the division one ncah cross-country championships and we just took it for granted uh my four years there we finished 12th then fourth and then we were third twice um mm-hmm. and uh that was that was great i mean that was just yeah. huge we kind of that, you know, 
foreign athletes certainly dominate somewhat now, but back then it was like none of the, at that time, um, there was no professional opportunities. And so the very best Kenyans came to the U.S. to run college, as opposed to now the very best Kenyans bypass that and go straight to pros and make a whole lot more money. Back then, you know, we were basically running against the Kenyan Olympic team. Um, and so uh, UTEP being the, the main um, one there, and, mm-hmm. I, and I didn't mind running against uh, foreigners. My problem was running against foreigners. I was a, a, I was actually 17 when I started uh, college, running oh, wow. against two 23-year-old freshmen. Um, <laughs> I had a problem with and, and we, we hung in there. So we kind of we kept our own American championship um, unofficial. I know some others. Wisconsin was that was that way. Um, mm. Colorado, um, and uh, so my my senior year, we declared ourselves the American champions because everyone <laughs> on our team was either whether either was from Pennsylvania or a state that touched Pennsylvania. Nice. Um, so we felt like we were the homegrown talent, and um, so we were the American champions, finishing third in the national championship. Nice, that's <laughs> um, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to find, you got to figure out a way that you won somehow, you know, exactly. Give, give yourself a trophy for, for figuring it out somehow. That's um, right. <laughs> my, uh, my high school coach was also Dan Adams was also very humble and realized that there were perhaps some, uh, some other people out there that could help me uh, as I was highly motivated. Um, and I ran, I did wind up around 409 mile. Uh, that was in 1977. Um, so, uh, uh, my, he, um, uh, occasionally would uh, allow me to go well usually whenever I wanted to but but usually once or twice a week I would train with Bob Shul who mm-hmm. was um, training athletes uh, at Wright State in Dayton mm-hmm. as well as uh, the Air Force was sending a lot of their better talented athletes to the Wright Patterson Air Force Base outside of Dayton. Bob mm-hmm. had an Air Force background and so it was great to, to uh, train with Bob um, using the Igloy system which is uh, a little if you're not highly motivated, the English system is not going to work for you because it's very tedious. Uh, but it, but it was it was helpful to me certainly. Um, and I think the biggest thing I gained from Bob is he was very meticulous and very scientific about things. He mm-hmm. took a very scientific approach, and I began to appreciate that part of it. It wasn't just go out and be tough and run hard. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot more to the game than that. And then uh, and then at college at Penn State, my coach was Harry Groves, which I kind of liken in some ways to the Bobby Knight of college track coaches. Um, nice. So, uh, and, and, you know, uh, for better, or for worse, um, you know, he was of the opinion, the toughest guy won. And I think I learned probably more toughness from him that, that sometimes you just got to tell your athletes or tell yourself, if you're an athlete yourself, suck it up, get out there and deal with it because this sport is not easy. And mm-hmm. if you can't handle discomfort, you got no business here. Um, nope. so all those coaches coalesced, um, into, you know, the, the, the coach that I became, um, but my story is probably a little more convoluted than that. When I went to uh, Penn state, uh, I, um, met Mary raw who later became Mary Rapp, my wife. That's uh, why if, I don't know if it shows up on the screen there, but that's why I'm using Mary's iPad. Um, cause hers was better than mine. Um, she was a three time, uh, all American. She ran in the Olympic trials. She has bragging rights in our home. Uh, of having accomplished uh, far more than I did. Um, and she has some influence on my coaching somewhat today because she was definitely, she hasn't really followed the progression of training and that innovations over the last 30 or 40 years. Um, but a lot of times she's like, ah, that's a bunch of no nonsense. Tell them to just suck it up and get out there and deal with it. Um, so it's good to come home to that sometimes. She sometimes plays that card on me too, which is good. I need that. Um, <laughs> but uh, um so there's there's little influence there as well, um, and so I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, out of college, I uh, joined the full-time staff of Athletes in Action uh, in their track and field division. Lived in Eugene, Oregon for a good number of years, and then eventually um, we moved, took an overseas assignment uh, with Athletes in Action in Barcelona, Spain. Mm. We were there um, from 1989 to 1997, which had us there during the 92 Olympics in Barcelona. Uh, the ministry and work that I was doing there was much broader than track and field. In fact, I kind of was away from track and field for quite a while. Uh, hmm. I hardly even knew the names. I'd heard about this guy from Ethiopia who was running fast times called Haile something or other. Mm-hmm. 
highly governor Selassie, but uh, yeah. well, it just wasn't the field world that like things had, been, had moved into other sports, other, other dimensions, mm-hmm. uh, moved back to the States, stayed with AIA for about seven more years. And then just kind of out of the blue, um, I just felt led. I, my son was a freshman in high school. Um, and I went to the high school coach and I said, Hey, if you need any help, here's my background. I have my, my job is busy, but it's flexible. And I'd love to help out. And he opened the door, uh, you know, just opened the door wide open for me to help out. And I kind of got the bug there. Uh, mm-hmm. And I realized that I, I did enjoy, um, I've always enjoyed teaching whatever. Mm-hmm. And in this case, um, I uh, felt led to become a, at age 45, make a career change and become a high school uh, teacher. I teach Spanish and I learned in Spain and mm-hmm. uh, become a coach. And so went back to school. I have a, uh, uh, my undergraduate from Penn State and then I got a graduate degree in education from uh, Xavier University here in Cincinnati. Um, so kind of a not the normal path. Uh, you know, I just was talking with another coach the other day. I, I've been coaching. I've been head coach of our team. I think this is my 17th. 17th year of being a head coach. Um, and uh, I was talking with another coach from another team who, you know, thinks I've been around forever. I say, yeah, you've been coaching probably longer than I have because, you know, they, they look at me and, you know, I'm in my early 60s and they think I've been coaching for 40 years. I've only been coaching 17, actually. So uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot more people have seniority than I do and know a lot more than I do. But uh, I guess part of my philosophy is keep learning, keep learning. When I, when I quit, watching the podcasts and reading the books and asking the questions. Um, that's when I know it's time to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I, if I decide to because I've quit learning and quit innovating, um, then first of all, my teams won't be as good. And second of all, that just show that I've, I've lost the fire. Mm-hmm. So speaking of reading books, um, I was actually following your Twitter. This was probably, Oh, four or five, maybe six months ago. And, uh, you know, you were recommending a book specifically for high school runners. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I picked this up and I was like, I got to get through this at the exact same time. I was reading for the first time running with the Buffaloes and, uh, Jay Johnson is, you know, one of the guys on, on the team that year. And so it was really cool to have that like overlap you know, like here's this book specifically for high school runners written by one of the guys in this book that's following these college runners from the university of, uh, or Colorado. So, um, so that was super cool. So that was one of the things that I was like, I, I'm going to keep this handy just so I can mention that. Um, I've recommended this to quite a few of my high school runners just because it's like, there's, there's not too much out there that I've seen at least that's specifically written for the high school athlete. Like, Hey, here's, here's all, all the important concepts. Let's say not, not dumbed down or watered down, but just simplified so that it's directly applicable and specific, you know, for the high school athlete. And um, like it, it, it was a nice reminder just reading through that, like, okay, like, yeah, I, you know what, I probably shouldn't, skip doing my, you know, accelerations or, uh, or, you know, my little, my, my buildups at the end of, you know, some of my easier days, like I need to rev the engine, you know, consistently. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just like the way that, you know, he kind of lays things out in a, in a simplified manner. And, um, I would not have found that had I, uh, not been following your Twitter. So Mm -hmm. put out some, uh, some useful information coach. So appreciate that. Sure. That uh, you mentioned running with the Buffaloes. Um, that book resonated with me years ago. Um, I wasn't in the sport of coaching when it came out, but that's kind of a 1990s version of my college experience, minus the very unfortunate uh, mishap that they have on their team. Um, the tragedy, I should say, more than a mishap. Um, but that was very much my experience. A lot of what went on in that book was a lot what went on in the 1990s. The University of Colorado was happening at Penn State in the late 70s and early 80s, uh, and it really resonated with me. Um, so, um, but I think Jay Johnson, the author of uh, Consistency is Key, is um, I think he's a good coach himself, but mm-hmm. 
I think his real value is he is a learner himself and he uh, has connections to all the best high school coaches in the country and synthesizes a lot of things uh, from them as well. And I think that's a real service he does for, for all of us. Um, I've gone to his clinic in Colorado. I highly recommend that the book mm-hmm. is required reading for uh, at least our highly motivated freshmen when they come into our program. Um, and we, I give them a quiz on it. I talk to them about it. And uh, all summer long, we talk about some of the things that are in there trying to ingrain a lot of things that are in the, in, in that book. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a, a fantastic idea just because, you know, like you can go into the sport of running and just do it and be good at it. But maybe like it's in spite of what you're doing. Like you may just be mm. naturally talented. You may just be gifted. Like there were plenty of guys that, you know, I raced against in high school who, you know, like they would stay up till, you know, one, two in the morning. They weren't really eating healthy. They like, uh, they may not have been training in any sort of uh, legitimately programmed way. Like it was just kind of like, eh, you know, like there's times where, especially in high school, the coaches may not be, they may have run in high school. Maybe they haven't run in high school. Maybe like the team just needs a coach and somebody's like, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'll do it. You know? And so you show up and like, well, we race 3.1, you know, for every race. So let's, let's run that every day. Like, let's just get used to that. Like, so there's things like that. It's so nice to have something like this where, you know, like it it just kind of lays out the pillars, let's say um, some structure and it covers not just, you know, Hey, you need to run consistently year round, but you know, you need to, know what a long run is. You need to know what tempos are. You need to understand what fartlicks are. You need to understand what speed work is. And you need to be able to um, have a foundation during the off season. And you need to build on that, you know, consistently over time. But you also need to understand that injuries are very often a part of the game. And you need to be able to read your body and understand it and know when to say, hey, coach, I think this is probably like the point where I need to stop or back down and, you know, things like that. So to have something like that, that you can implement for your athletes, I think that's awesome. So, yeah, that's great. Research. So let's talk a little bit about uh, like, if you could, if you could funnel your philosophy down into one sentence, what would that be? Um, make them aerobic animals. Mm. Awesome. Uh, and then that comes from, uh, I had a, uh, uh, I was able to get some individual time on the phone one time with Dr. Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. And my question was, he's got all the charts. If you're familiar with his, his running formulas, he's got all these charts. And my son, who I was coaching at the time, I was kind of, I cut my teeth on, 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 on my son and the team at that time, which was a much smaller team and far less successful. Um, but uh, I kept asking, why does my 15-year-old son not fit the chart? Because it should be when you are at a certain, I forget what he called the V dot, mm-hmm. that it should go all the way across the line as far as what your, your capabilities are based on 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 at different distances and it was always skewed and i asked him why doesn't it fit because it seems like the longer uh the distance the more he's off the chart slow Hmm. and he said well the charts are made for young adults probably a 22 23 year old athlete and he said that most young runners are going to need more aerobic development than they are speed development. Hmm. And and while Jay Johnson also makes a strong point of, we still need to make sure that we are turning things over and the kids can run fast. And I agree with that. um, 
it takes a lot longer time and is far more. And it, it's also, I say, it's not one or the other, but the fact that um, younger athletes are lacking more aerobic development than they are speed. Mm-hmm. And yet speed is flashy. Mm-hmm. I have kids come to me. I have parents come to me and say, Can, should, should I get my, my son a speed coach? Should they do special speed training? Mm-hmm. And I say, no, um, we'll just, that'll just overload them and injure them. We will make sure that they have enough speed. It's not about speed when you're running a 5K. It's 95% mm-hmm. aerobic. aerobic. And, mm-hmm. and Jay Johnson points that out. And if it's 95% aerobic, then we don't want to forget the other 5%, but we better spend a whole lot of time at that 95%. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, one very successful coach of a, of a, of a national power team um, years ago, one of our other coaches asked him, said, give me, give me 30 seconds, give me your best. And he just said, speed kills. Now I won't go that far, but uh, his point was, if you spend, if you get too enamored with speed, for a high school 5K runner, you're not giving the aerobic development the attention that it needs. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, build, build, make them an aerobic beast, uh, if I had to put it down in one, in one sentence. Now, that doesn't mean we don't run what I would say extremely high mileage. I think we mm-hmm. run what's appropriate. Uh, and we have all sorts of, you know, even in my top juniors and seniors, we have a range of probably 20 miles per week difference maybe 25 miles a week different from the top guy um, from the, the, from one guy to the, to the, you know, the one with the most mileage versus the one with the least mileage. So we try to mm-hmm. learn what guys handle and get them appropriate, but just making that the main focus If we can make aerobic beast. It's not that hard to put a little speed onto that. And, and, um, and I don't mean that like tacking on the end of the end of the season. We do. I didn't realize this years ago. This was probably 12 years ago. So still just kind of in, getting into my coaching career. And one day at practice, I said, I, we were doing strides after practice, after a run. And I said, huh, you know what? I think we do strides a lot. We probably do strides. Yeah, a fair amount. And one kid said, coach, we do strides every day of some sort or another. <laughs> and I, I didn't even realize that, but he was, right, he was right every day. And that's what Jay Johnson says in his book, to, to rev the engine. And we do it every day. John O'Malley, great, uh, great coach in Illinois. Uh, he, he uses this phrase and we get our kids. I'll, I'll say our feet are moving fast and all the kids will yell every day. Mm. And I love that phrase because every day we've got that neuromuscular, something's turning over. Um, but we're not doing what I would call speed work. We're not out there hammering, you know, you know, six, three hundreds all out during ever. Right. Um, but uh, every day, not they're getting a they're getting a, an aerobic stimulus and they're getting something that's a little quicker turnover as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, one of the one of the things that I didn't really realize, you know, until looking back, like because as I'm you know as I'm reading through the through the book and uh, and just seeing how that differs from you know some of the things that. Uh, that were discussed in running with the Buffaloes, like, you know, like they're spending the majority of their time, just like mileage, mileage, mileage. And then, you know, the last two weeks of the season, coach Wetmore's like, all right, now we can, now we can actually work on some speed. And um, I thought that was like, man, like that's so crazy. Cause that was just very different from what I was doing in high school and in college. But um, I was thinking back, like, was I doing some sort of speed work, you know, in high school and like, yeah, like we would, we would jog a little bit and then we would do kind of our warm up drills and some dynamic stretching. And then we always finished with a couple, you know, buildups that were working at least to race pace, if not faster. And I was like, you know, like just about every day we were doing those. Um, and that was usually while we were fresh, while we were still, uh, you know, we were pre fatigue by a lot because it was, you know, at the beginning of the session. So I thought that was like, man, you know what? My, my high school coach, like he kind of had that baked into the cake just because it was part of our warm up, And, um, hmm. it was one of those things that I appreciated looking back at the time. I had no idea, you know, just, this is what everyone does. So, you know, right. What you do. yeah. yeah. So what are, what are some of the other pillars or priorities that you focus on in order to make 
you know, your athletes, these aerobic animals? Well, um, two things is we spend a lot of time doing uh, non, we call them E2s, essential exercises. Um, Cause I don't want them to think they're extras. Uh, that's why we're calling them essential. And that's, that's what Jay Johnson calls building the chassis um, mm-hmm. that we spend a lot of time with uh, various core routines, um, warm up lunges, uh, leg swings, some of it more flexibility, some of it more strength. Um, I, I kind of work with a lot of, I'm not a physiologist, but, but it seems in everything that I read, talk, they talk about a lot of injuries are, uh, they might be in the knees or somewhere else, but they start in the hips and the glutes. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, we've tried to even, um, you know, it seems like a lot of teams, you have two kinds of kids on the team. You have kids that are athletes who decide to be runners and then you have kids who can't do anything else but run. <laughs> <laughs> and, and both yeah. of them can be very, very good. Sure. Um, but uh, I took to a couple years ago at doing my best to not call my kids runners, but call them athletes, just changing mm-hmm. my vocabulary because, and, and we do some things and I try to instill in them. We are trying to make you athletic. You need to be more athletic than what you are. Even if you're pretty athletic, let's get more athletic because if you're more athletic, you're going to be less injury prone. You're going to have all the little uh, nuances of uh, all the, the muscle groups, the little weak ones that don't get, used and the other ones that get overused. And, mm-hmm. um, so we do a, um, a functional mobility screen with our, our, uh, our strength coach, uh, trying to identify some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we spend, gosh, I, I mean, it, it's probably somewhere every day, every day. I'll, I'll bet we spend somewhere between 40 to 50, 55 minutes a day, not running, but doing what we need to be healthy uh, mm-hmm. to run. So that's, that's a key. The other key is uh, the long run. Um, for us, we'll go. Um, you know, our, our longest guys long run will be about eighty-five minutes. Um, I had an athlete years ago. He was pretty talented. Uh, his senior year in track season, he was a mess. He had allergy issues. He had stomach issues. He had leg issues. But somehow, every week we were managed to get him. You know, at least his long run in and, you know, it was probably, you know, 11 to 12 miles. Uh, and every week we were able to at least get that in and, you know, he had some other workouts and all, but it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't smooth. It wasn't easy. There was always like, oh, man, today, you know, um, and it was pretty tough. He was competitive. Um, I don't think he was being wimpy or anything. It's just kind of the way his body was. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he wound up state runner up in the, uh, three, 200 meters, uh, wow. in division one so um, he turned out to be, he ran, wound up running some great races at the end of the season. And I'm convinced that, you know, had it been the other way where, okay, we were able to, able to get him through a set of uh, eight or 12, 400s uh, every week, or we were able to get him a track work, but, you know, long run, you know, it was just for some reason he would fall apart after five or six miles. I don't think we'd have had the same result. Hmm. Um, so again, that, that aerobic development. Um, so uh, you know, when I'm trying to lay out a week and if it looks like due to weather, due to travel, due to, uh, meet, something's got to go. Um, it, it, it might have to be the long run, but rarely, and it kills me when it is, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to <laughs> give that. So how are you doing that once a week? Are you doing that once every 10 days, every, every once every two weeks, or is, does it, does it vary or do you kind of have a set schedule there? Um, it's pretty much once a week. Uh, we run a, uh, mostly a weekly schedule. Now we don't race every week. Our top guys, um, we will only race four or five times. We have our, the last in Ohio, we have, uh, almost everyone has their league championship, then a district regional state. The league is not league is a standalone meet. The district is the first round of qualifying. So lead, uh, uh, the district, then the regional and in the state. So those are qualifiers. So that's the last four weeks of the season. And we have four highly competitive meets. So I want, I want my, my top guys hungry and, mm-hmm. and excited to race those last four races. And so mm-hmm. we uh, run about, we race them starting in late August, about every other week. It kind of plays out this year. It's kind of played out two weeks in a row and then a week off and two weeks in a row and then a week off. 
Um, so when we get the week off, then we can play with things a little bit more. And uh, when we've got a race week, um, you know, we don't have as much wiggle room in terms of what we, what we put where, what type of workout we put where in the week. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that's, uh, that was one of the things uh, I'm, I don't remember. Like I, I really was not aware of, of what I was doing as a high school athlete in cross country. Like, I don't know if I did a weekly long run. Um, if I did, it was probably five or six miles max. Like that was, that was probably like, that's just kind of the way it was. It wasn't until I started doing some training during the summer and, and winter or like the off season with uh, Miami Valley track club with a guy named uh, Vince Peters, who uh, trained with Bob Scholes. Um, yeah, I know. So, you know, I got to train with him. I got to, you know, I got to go on my first 10 miler and I was like, what is this? People do this. This is insane. Um, and then, you know, I'm training with Sam Borchers who ends up being, you know, D three state champ and cross and multiple times state champ and track as well sets the state record in the 800. And I think the 1600 as well. And like, so I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I should be doing mileage like this. Like, yeah, this guy's really fast. Like he wasn't prioritizing speed. He was prioritizing, you know, that, that aerobic system. And that's, you know, that made Sam a legit runner. And then, you know, ended up going to your alma mater. So um, that's one of those things. I, I, I don't know if I, if I was doing, I'm sure I, I, probably should have been doing longer runs, um, when I was in high school. And I just don't know why I, you know, I really wasn't. So that was a, that was a bit of a wake up call, let's say when I got to college and I was like, Oh, we do these every week. <laughs> why? <laughs> like I try, finished. I try coming Sorry. from, uh, flat western uh, southwest ohio and doing them in a happy valley um you know, 16 mile runs in the mountains were yeah a challenge first year or two <laughs> yeah so i finished my high school career finishing second at the state meet in the 800 and i was convinced like like i don't need to be running far like i'm a, i'm a half miler mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and then <laughs> cross country happens. And I'm like, Oh man, this is a lot of running, but, um, yeah, actually since, since then I, so I took off about a decade from running after I finished basically grad school, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. Like I'm a sport performance coach. I can't be frail. Like I can't be, I like, if I'm going to be training, all kinds of athletes in the weight room. I probably shouldn't look like a skinny distance runner who can't squat, who can't deadlift. So like I made this kind of like shift, like, all right, I need to be able to do this. I should like, I'll still run, you know, sometimes, but like, like I am, I'm in the weight room now. Like that's, that's, I'm going to train middle and long distance athletes in the weight room. And I need to be able to you know, show them that, yeah, yeah, I used to do what you do. And now I'm going to show you this, and this is actually going to make you better. So I kind of took this subtle, not so subtle shift away from just running. I, I kind of had lost a little bit of love for it. My plan was to always get back to coaching cross country and track, and then um, have basically within the past year and a half, got back into it. And like, I'm discovering a new love for the long run. Awesome. And yeah, it's, it's love hate, but sometimes I'm like, man, it's just, it's really hard to ignore the benefit in total fitness that I see when I consistently hit, you know, an hour plus running. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do that in college. I, it's still some days it's hard it's here in Texas. So I'm in Dallas. The weather is rough for running here. Like (laughs) it's not great, but I miss that Midwest, you know, cross country weather. Like there's just, you know, it was almost a hundred today. So (sighs) 
but still got still got a a 40 minute uh, run in this morning so um so that kind of brings me to my next question for you so how do you how do you consistently have a solid competitive team what's what's your secret <laughs> i don't know if there is a secret um uh, a couple things. Uh, we have some great advantages at my high school. We are the largest high school in Ohio. So I figure out of uh, about 3,800 students, uh, that would be 1,900 boys. Five of them got to be fast. I just got to find them and get them <laughs> on the team and train them right. <laughs> but um, uh, we're also in a, in a you know, the demographic fits kind of the, the typical um you know, we're in a, an affluent area, uh, high achieving athletes who uh, are good students who uh, have seen have, have their parents have developed a help them develop a work ethic mm-hmm. and uh, a desire to be successful. And they have the means to do that. They don't have they don't have to, you know, get jobs to support their families. And, um, you know, so we're in a we're in a, in, in, there's a lot of factors like that that I'll be ready to admit that, you know, that I had nothing to do with. Um, I think we have built a culture of success. Uh, it's one thing to build a culture and then it's just about as much effort to maintain that culture as it is to, uh, to, to build it. It's real easy. Um, well, we get, you know, we, our, our teams usually have been somewhere between 90 and hundred kids for probably the last 10 or 12 years. Um, and a lot of those kids are, are, are out for, a lot of different reasons. My friend ran cross country. I can get a PE waiver. Uh, sounds fun. Uh, my girlfriend runs and told me I had to run, whatever. My mom kicked me out of the house and said I had to do something. And then you got kids that I just want to run as fast as I can and make a team great. And, you know, those are kids that, you know, I like to have, think that every kid is on the team because they just want to run as fast as they possibly can and make everybody else around them fast and we go win championships. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a dream. <laughs> doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always happen. Uh, but, and that's okay. In fact, our, um, our, our mission statement um, does not have anything in it uh, about running fast. It's about developing a work ethic, a uh, sense of teamwork, and ability to perform under pressure mm. yeah, with the idea that if, uh, if they can do that in cross country, hopefully that will carry over to other things in life where, where they learn to uh, work hard, to put others ahead of themselves, and when, when it's on the line, they make that presentation and make that million dollar deal, or they get that job in, in that interview, or, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a tough family time and they have just the right words to say at just the right time or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've tried to make our, our mission statement transcend, uh, just running fast and winning championships, but don't get me wrong. I really like doing that too. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always fun. Yeah, winning right. is winning so, is great. Uh, exactly, I tell you, you know, you should have. We should be having a lot of fun running cross country, and there's nothing more fun than winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but being and being really good at something and being a part of something that's really good, and mm-hmm. knowing that you contributed to it. Uh, so, um, I think that's that helps. You know, again, we got all these bodies. We we should be pretty pretty good every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it ebbs and flows like anything else. But uh, I think a lot of it is that we have built a culture um, and we talk about the older guys bringing the younger guys along. And, um, you know, we've, we even had, we've instituted more recently, in fact, this year, a lot more, uh, uh, um, some training, leadership training for our, our captains mm-hmm. and, you know, how do they, how do they help with, with coaching? I also have a great coaching staff. Um, uh, we are very fortunate here that, uh, we have uh, a number of paid positions. A couple of guys kind of, you know, been volunteers, but we have uh, a good coaching staff of guys who care about the kids and uh, understand the sport well. And, and they, you know, they will help my brought along. And, and our and our middle school program is phenomenal. Um, and our middle school coaches, um, the main coach is. Uh, He's uh, over 80 years old. He's still running marathons. His name is Wayne Wheeler. And um, he is just, he's the Pied Piper. His kids, he's like the grandpa to him in some ways, but he's, he works them, but they have a ton of fun and they just love him. 
And, you know, I've told you forever, I said, all I care about is that kids have enough fun and enough taste of success that they want to keep running in high school. You do that in middle school, that's, you know, championships, whatever, that's wonderful. But as long as they, uh, they have a great time and have enough success that they want to run in high school, then you've done your job. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, uh, there's a lot of, of really good programs that, uh, where the coach I think is specifically built some sort of funnel for, for the younger kids to kind of feed into, to, you know, either their program or another program where it's like, you can, you can begin to develop some skills and some, some foundation, but like, if it's not fun, they're not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna run later. Like it's gotta be fun. You know, it has to. You know, if, it, if it's not fun, I don't think they should. I have a couple guys that are so serious and competitive that, you know, I heck in the race the other day, I yelled at them with a smile. You know, they're mm. just, they're just, they were trying so hard. Like, <laughs> run, let it happen, you know? Um, yeah. So uh, uh, I try to remind them. I, I had this, I, I understand it entirely because I was so, you know, into it myself that uh, I had that as, as I went in, in my career um, where I forced myself to smile during my warm up strides. Mm. And it was forced smile. It probably didn't look very pretty, wouldn't have been something. <laughs> But it at least relaxed me. And, you know, I just read some physiology the other day about how smiling can re- relax your body and, and frowning or scowling makes it goes the other way. And mm-hmm. that's, that's neat that there's some physiology behind it. But regardless, I just did it because it's like, remember, this is a sport and sports are supposed to be fun. And especially yep. if you're cool, it should be fun. And if it's not, then uh, we need to think about how do we how do we make it fun? Mm hmm. I totally agree. There's a, there's a time where like you're putting in serious work, but that doesn't mean the entire practice should be like no laughter, no jokes, right. no, no ability to just kind of, you know, crack up and everybody like enjoys being there. Like there, there has to be some, some team chemistry and the ability to, to enjoy it for sure. So, um, so in your time as a coach, you've probably had quite a few of your high school athletes go on to compete at the collegiate level. So is there, is there like some sort of protocol you've, you've developed or is there some sort of way that you kind of help um, guide some of your athletes towards running in college? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know necessarily. Um, other than uh, I tell them that if you want to, anybody, an average high school runner and above, um, if you want to run in college, there's a place for you. It might mm-hmm. be NAIA or D three. You know, um, I, I think our athletes see Division one football and basketball on TV and think that's the only college option. And mm-hmm. I'm constantly pounding the idea of. Because uh, we've had some athletes go to colleges that were over their head, and we've had some college athletes choose uh, some colleges that were just right, and they had a great experience, and the others didn't. Um, so uh, I really try to get them the idea. And, and most of our, especially, we got some really smart kids on our team, and a lot of boys in particular. I, I just coached the boys. Um, most, not most. A lot of high school kids who are really smart and they're boys, they want to go into engineering mm-hmm. um, and some of the more technical things. And they think that only big colleges have those. And that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they think they can't run in college because I'll never make that big, big time college team. Um, but, but I got to go there because they've got engineering or, you know, whatever, biomedical, whatever, they have stuff like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? Uh, you can also piece that together at a smaller college as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, about I think half that- the guys on my college team at Cedarville were like electrical engineering and they ran and then almost all of them went to like uh, do some sort of computer engineering, electrical engineering type jobs at like Wright Pat or for defense contractors or like 
they they had really good setup there. <laughs> like Cedarville had a yeah. fantastic engineering program. So that was one reason we had so many guys on our team. Um, you know, so just want to throw that in. Right. There. Right. Because, you know, most kids, if they're thinking, okay, I want to go into engineering. Well, I'm going to, that means either around here, that's either go to Ohio State or University of Cincinnati. Like, well, yeah, that great places, great engineering mm-hmm. programs, but you know what? You might not be able to run there, but you could probably run into Cedarville or someplace like that and still get, you know, or a, or a D3 school. Yep. Um, so, so I think that's part of it. I think the other part is uh, it's going to be pretty rigorous if they go off to college. And so I want to make sure that their body is built well to handle, um, you know, the jump in training and the, the additional stresses of college academically, socially, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and, may, and maybe I try to sell the program a little, going to college, just telling, telling stories about, you know, my college experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember, um, I think maybe we were, we were chatting at, at tough camp about one of your athletes. Um, I think it was probably Zach Wills and you were like, I, I didn't know anything about him at the time. And uh, I'm pretty sure he had, he was either a freshman or he had, just finished eighth grade. Maybe it was in between his eighth grade and freshman year. And you were, you were saying like, Oh, he's, he's going to, he's going to be really good. He'll, he'll be able to run in college. And I was like, wow. So like, that means you're probably just having him run tons. Right. And I remember you saying like, "Mm, my goal is to make sure that he is excited about running in college and to make sure that he is not overtrained by any stretch of the imagination. Like I am not going to overtrain him in high school by any means. And I was like, wow, that's really smart. <laughs> oh, you, get that, you get that kind of talent handed to you. You just don't want to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, there's so many high school coaches who would be like, all right, well, like he's in my hands. I'm going to make him as fast as possible. I'm going to run him as much as I can. And and then like nobody ever assumes that their coaching or their training will result in a potential injury. Right. Like everybody's like, no, 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 no. I, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. hundred miles a week, you know, so crazy stuff like that. Right. But I just thought it was very like, like, no, I, he's going to be, he's going to run well. And then he'll be able to take the next step and he'll run even better because he'll be, you know, his body will be that much more, you know, mature, but not overused. Like he'll, he'll just be prepared for it. So I thought that was, you know, that left uh, an impression on me like, Oh, okay. So like if, when I get to the point where I'm coaching high school, I got to make sure like, I'm not, you know, running these kids ragged. Yeah. 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 I want to see, uh, uh, I don't measure my measure success by how many kids go off to college to run. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they are going to go off to college to run, I want to see them be successful there and excited about doing that. So, Yeah. I think that's, that's really important. So if you had a message specifically for high school runners, or let's just, let's say not just high school runners, runners in general, like, anyone who wants to improve in the sport of running, what's a, what's a message that you, you could deliver to, to them? Um, it is a gift from God. So enjoy it. Um, mm. and I, I truly believe that as, as I get older and can run less and less. Uh, in fact, when I go out to run now, I used to go out to run to say, you know, I want to see how, what I was going to do or what, whatever. Now I, I go out to run hoping I can run. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to go see if I can run today. Um, <laughs> cause, uh, cause well, body doesn't quite, uh, quite handle it like it used to. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that gives me a little bit of perspective of it is just a joy to run. Um, in fact, you know, if uh, you get out of line on our team, you wind up doing some pushups. And uh, every once in a while, I was like, why don't you just make him run more? It's like, no, because running is a joy. It is mm-hmm. not a pun. I mean, maybe if you're a football player and you weigh, you know, 270 pounds, running sounds like a punishment. Push-ups mm-hmm. probably don't. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh the uh yeah i i've always you know it's like no 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 running is a joy so um well it's not it, it can't be a punishment um so uh, yeah i just say enjoy the gift uh the fact that you can propel your body uh across uh the surface of the earth all by itself um and just you know i i think of the millions and millions of uh disabled or elderly or ill or whatever people that can't do that mm-hmm. uh, and so no matter how slow i'm running these days or how much my knee hurts you know i'm like you know what i'm still out here and there's a whole lot of people who can't be mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to take that for granted that's for sure so let's shift just a tiny bit so what are some things that you've learned uh, maybe from another coach, maybe from, uh, you know, just life experience, maybe let's say the hard way um, that you wish that you could tell yourself as a beginning runner, or you could tell yourself when you were just starting out as a coach. Well, coaching, there's a couple of things. I I mentioned uh, these different coaches that had different influences in my life. Um, I think it was probably my first year as a head coach, a, uh, a coach of a, a local school nearby. Uh, we were just chatting and he said, you got to remember that these kids are 16 years old and have a whole lot more going on in their life than you'll ever know. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, Johnny blows up at practice or blows up in her, a meet. It might be, he just blew up bad day, whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, and, and, even in the 17 years I've been coaching, the the influence of uh, of social media and just a lot of stuff that that kids have to filter their way through and uh, um, try to ignore and and just can't um, in many ways. Just just to keep in mind, they're 16 years old. Uh, there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. and and that weighs on them. Our, our our strength coaches made a strong point of saying, "Your body doesn't know whether it's emotional." mental or physical stress, all your, all the thing, the, the point is your body knows that it's stress and it's going to react to it. Yep. And so we need to control that, you know, stress is not bad. It just needs to be moderated and controlled and, and, and put in that probably another one, maybe a more technical thing. I wish I had known when I was a young coach is um, I tried to make my, my, I wasn't, I wasn't a young coach. I was a new coach I better say it that way. Cause I didn't come into the sport young as a coach. Um, was the the idea of uh, I, I want kids to walk away from a workout feeling successful, mm. and that means not hitting all the times or not running all the reps or cutting it off a couple miles short. Then we're going to do that because I want them walking away as opposed to saying, "All right, we're going to run, we're going to rip through ten quarters, and you're going to average sixty five on all of them, and average sixty eight. Well, their body still worked pretty hard, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they didn't hit the goal time. And so uh, I failed today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got a lot of highly motivated kids that, uh, that would think that way. Um, so I, I think one of the big things, I, um, part of it was, would be that I, I didn't quite, I, I wasn't good at figuring out, okay, what times do you think they could hit? If they were going to do, I don't know, eight quarters today, what times today? I, I wasn't, I didn't hit that very good. I didn't, I wasn't, wasn't real good at engaging that. And that's part of that's experience over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think I've probably done more workouts, uh, especially with your more um, veteran runners, juniors and seniors in particular, although other kids can figure it out of uh, let's run this, how this feels. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other day we did our, did a, a longer run and there's a part segment of it where we picked it up some. And I said, here are some times, this is the speed limit. You can't run faster than this. If you can hit this, great, but I don't want you to hit this um, if it takes you over 90% effort. So figure out what 90% effort is. And if you can run, if, if you can hang with the pack rolling at this, that's great. But if you start going in, if this is going to turn into some epic run of yours, then you need to back off. Um, hmm. So, and that, and that takes some maturity with, with your kids. You can't do that with the kid, the kid who just came out for the sport and thinks, you know, you just hammer yourself into the ground every day and that's how you get better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, I think part of it is, is um, figuring out ways that they can walk away from a workout successful. You know, even if you know, they didn't hit everything that you were initially thinking. So I guess in some ways, I, I, I don't always put those time. I give them some ranges, maybe a, a little more than I used to. Let's hit, you know, uh, if we're doing a track workout, which we don't do in cross country, I have a strong aversion to doing track workouts during cross country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, some, some places that that's all they have. That's the only place they can do their, their faster work. Uh, we are fortunate that we have a, a, a large park right next, like across the street from our, our school. We have other places that make some great places to run. Um, uh, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like getting on the track during, during cross country season. They get plenty of that during track. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just the idea of giving them ranges to hit rather than here's the, here's the time hit this. Uh, and if you don't, that's not, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, try to give them a range, make them feel yeah. successful. Sure. Like, uh, it's, I think it's very helpful to remind myself sometimes because I can, I can get caught up in like, uh, no, like I programmed, you know, these numbers, this is, this is my goal. I need to hit that. And then, you know, if I'm, if I'm not having a great day, like, Hey, I'm still applying a stimulus and my perceived effort. Like I feel like I'm working really hard. And if I feel like I'm working hard and my body is struggling to maintain that time, but I can do this, I'm still applying a potent stimulus. I'm still sending the signal. And if I'm sending the signal, then I'm, and then I do what I need to on the back end, which is recover, then I'll adapt. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day, if I was, you know, doing quarters at, at 80 seconds or quarters at 83 seconds or whatever the case may be, like I went out and I worked hard and, mm-hmm. and I can be, you know, proud of the effort that I put in. I think that's such a useful, um, like using that framework that you said, we're like, Hey, let's, let's set up this range. Like I, so I, I coach athletes, uh, on, on calorie and macronutrient uh, tracking, right? So in the same way that like you have to have a budget for uh, your finances, like your body has a calorie budget. And like, if you want to pay for the cost of training and repairing the damage from training and then ultimately adapting, like you need to know roughly how many calories your body needs and how much, you know, how much that costs you can pay for it. Right. So it's the same way where there's certain times, like I've got a, uh, I've got an athlete right now. She's training for an Ironman race and it was, it was too much sometimes to keep track of, to, to have a set goal. Like, Hey, you have to hit 2,600 calories every day. That was just, it was like, it was causing her too much stress. Right. So I was like, Hey, scrap that. You've got a range. We're going to go 25 to 2,700 shoot for that. If you come in at 2,500, guess what? You're still like 500 to 800 calories more per day than you were eating a year ago when you weren't tracking your calories. Like this is a win. Like you are way, way ahead of where you were. So I think setting up a range can be super helpful um, in that regard, especially for, for younger athletes, just so that they know, like, okay, I didn't hit that. I'm a failure. Like, no, 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 no. Like you just, you just put in some solid work. That was an awesome effort. Great job. Let's try to replicate that and maybe improve a little bit next time. I think that's really useful. Yeah. I had an assistant coach one time that was constantly saying work is work and, Mm. you know, um, I think we can get uh, we can get so caught up in as coaches in the nuances of uh, this pace and this. You know, um, I use uh, uh, the Tin Man pace calculator, and he's got there's a lot of, like 15 different levels. You know, of tempo and CV and threshold and you know and all that and. That's great. I'm not so sure your body knows the difference between all those. Um, <laughs> somewhere in the, if you're somewhere in the ballpark, you're probably okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Cause I think that's the thing. Like you can, you can hit your numbers perfectly, but at the end of the day, it's a race. And like you said at the beginning, like it's probably the person who's got, you know, who can tolerate the most pain, who's willing to be like, I'm going to gut it out. I don't care if this person has a better VO2 max score than I do, or if they've put in more mileage than me, I'm going to win. Like at the end of the day, you have to be an athlete. Um, And so I think, yeah, like it's so easy sometimes for me because I come from this, uh, this background where like, you know, I'm studying, uh, biochemistry and exercise physiology. And like, I want to look at the numbers and all that. Like, it's a race. Just it, you got to beat that person. If you want to win, Yeah, you got to be the first yeah. one across the line. That's it. Like, that's what it comes down to. So, um, you can, you can have the perfect plan. You can, you know, you can follow every single step that, you know, that Jack Daniels lays out or that, um, somebody else has planned out, you know, you follow the Arthur Lydiard program. You can follow this program. You can, you know, you can do Pavo. Like there's, there's a million different ways to run fast at the end of the day. It's like, do you want to win? Okay. Then you got to go out and you gotta, you gotta prove it. So I think that's, yeah, that's one of those things. So, um, so for anybody watching or listening, if they want to uh, follow your team or if they want to reach out, let's say they have a question for you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, probably just, uh, well, probably I guess would email me, um, R-A-P-P-T, R-A-P-P-T, at masonohioschools.com um, would probably be the, the easiest way. I, I, <laughs> I, Got on Twitter a couple of years ago. My first tweet was "Raps on Twitter." I sure signed the apocalypse of the <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not. Uh, I don't 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 expect a whole lot off of there. Uh, I don't. I don't post a whole lot of stuff. But uh, um, I'm at uh, Tom Rap 16 um, on there. Uh, um, that would probably be uh, the two ways. Are or you can you can follow our our uh, our team. Um, we have uh, our boosters. Have, we have great boosters. Too. I haven't mentioned them yet, but uh, they do some incredible stuff for us. Um, just parents who just have bought in. Um, and uh, they have maintain a website, runmason.com. Um, and uh, they, you know, from there you can file, find a schedule and a little bit more of what we're doing uh, in terms of our activities. They put on, we just a little over a week ago put on the, uh, the 47th annual Mason cross country invitational. Um, and, uh, it's a unique. Hay bales course. and all. We got hay bales. We got two Creek crossings. Um, we got some real cross country and we get very few PRs on our course. <laughs> and we like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, got to earn that finish. That's kind of, uh, kind of the way it is. Um, it's, you know, it's got a couple of hills in it, which in our part of Ohio is hard to find. Um, but uh, we like to give a unique cross country experience. And a lot of that is thanks to our boosters. We got people out there working the whole week before we got dad. We got people who's like kids graduated five years ago and their dad still takes on their mom takes a day off work to come out and help prepare the course and do the work wow. there. So uh, I even, have, I saw a video of people driving around in a golf cart, chasing off the geese. That was me. That was the most fun. <laughs> That was the most fun I've had in I don't know how long. I got there at seven, seven o'clock in the morning to set up the course on some stuff. There's this flock of at least four dozen geese out in this field where all our people are going to be walking. And, you know, uh-huh. geese in fields. And so I was like, I got to get rid of these. And so uh, the assistant coach was with me. He was, he was filming it. And that was, uh, uh, you know, the animal rights people probably on me for that. But uh, we didn't want to cover. They were fine. They all just flew away. They found some other better habitat so yeah they're, you're just clear in the area just you know move <laughs> along that was hilarious that cracked me up but yeah you, there's not too many uh cross-country races where you where you get to experience the the legitimate cross-country uh mm-hmm. what would you and call should, them uh, our, our parks department too um we have mm-hmm. a great um uh, uh, relationship, great partnership with them. They do a lot. They actually get a backhoe out and do some excavating for us uh, so we can get safely in and out of the creeks and mm. uh, mow in the field the day before. They just do a whole lot of things for us. So they do great That's jobs awesome. as well. 
That's great. That's got like, I'm sure that when kids have graduated and, you know, like five, 10 years down the road, they still have memories of that meet. Like, because mm-hmm. it's so different. Mm-hmm. It's so unique. Like, you know, like you can go, you can go run any golf course. Like, yeah, it was, it was whatever is nice. Nah, 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 nah. But like, you're not running through Creek beds. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not jumping over bales of hay. Like that's uh, some of the, some of the meets that I remember the most were like uh, ones that had these giant awful Hills or like where we had to like go through this river, like seven different times. And it's like, you know, like, <laughs> people are diving into the water just because it's like, ah, like we don't get to do this anywhere else. Like some people go crazy with it, but um, you know, like that's one of those things that makes it fun is like, you know, it's different. It's unique. So I think that's awesome. Um, So where do y'all race next? We uh, are going to two places this coming weekend, the Culver military Institute in uh, Culver, Indiana. It's our overnight trip. Once a year, we get a charter bus and we load up 25 of our top girls, 25 of our top boys. We uh, do it upright. We, they, they, nice. they get dressed up and we go out to, we've got the Ruby Tuesdays, but we make it look pretty, uh, pretty formal with all our boys and ties and the girls and dresses. And uh, that's we, awesome. And it's in the middle of nowhere, uh, Indiana, but uh, a cool place. And the first year we took our kids there, uh, it's a pretty competitive meet uh, on the grounds of a military academy. And as soon as we, we get onto the campus and they see kids wearing uniforms and, you know, all the military stuff, but they're not looking around and goes, this place looks like Hogwarts. <laughs> and, and, it, and, and it kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just had the mystique ever since then. It, it's a great meet. Some great people put it on. The course is not anything too special other than the fact it's on the grounds of a military academy. Yeah. Um, so we'll go there with our top 25. The rest of them will go up to Kettering to uh, the uh, Neil Charsky Fairmont, uh, Fairmont Firebird Invitational, and they'll get a run in then. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. where we're heading. This- Sweet. Well, I will, uh, I'll be following you all the rest of the season. Best of luck at uh, – uh, your league meet and then, you know, through the tournament, um, it's, it's so different from, uh, the way that things are done, you know, th- like that, that was the system that I had, you know, in Ohio mm-hmm. and, you know, like here working with, uh, with our homeschool team, we have, we have the homeschool state meet. That's basically it. Like everybody is welcome to go and it's run at the same course, um, where everyone else runs, where both, uh, the, UIL, the public schools go through their state meet and, and the private schools, which is uh, taps. So um, that's, man, that's the one awesome thing about running cross country and track and field is like, if you're running on the same course, like you can compare times. It doesn't matter if you go to a small school or a big school in high school Mm -hmm. or college, like uh, I ran on the same track. I ran on Jesse Owens you know, at Ohio state, like that's where the state track meet was everybody else, whether it was D one, D two or D three, like everybody competed there, like for cross country, it was the same. So that's the one nice thing is you, you can actually kind of have a legitimate comparison. Like, okay, how do I stack up against the big school division? How do I stack up against, you know, the private schools or, you know, like that's one thing that I, that I do love about cross country. Like it's hard to do that if you're playing basketball or football, just because yeah. there's, there's so many differences between a, you know, it, a team that can barely. Yeah, it's true. It it's true. So great. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been so good to catch up and um, I appreciate, you know, your time and, and uh, being able to pick your brain a little bit and um yeah, I, I hope it helps right. make me a better coach and and uh, hopefully oh, sometime always thinking, the, through what, always thinking through what you do and it helps you out as well. So it was a help to me as well. Thank you. I hope that's the case and we'll get you back on down the road and we'll be able to discuss more fun stuff. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Sweet. All right, y'all. Thanks for watching and listening right. and stay tuned for next week's episode. Adios. Adios. We'll see ya.